Today on episode 184 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, there are several different ways you can learn how to do things on your computer, and today we'll talk about five ways to learn and the pros and cons of each one. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Welcome back to The Computer Tutor Podcast. I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson, and I'm here every Monday morning to show you how to do cool things on your computer. You might have heard some other podcasts where they talk in that you know, the geeky kind of technical computer language. Well, that's not this one. Only plain English here. And if your computer has a problem, why get frustrated by trying to figure out how to fix it? Just call me. I've been doing computer repair for a long time, since 1999. And in most cases, I can fix whatever's wrong with your computer remotely. So you don't even have to bring it into a shop. Just give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 184. So let's get started. You know, it's kind of funny. There's a phrase that I hear from people usually when we first meet and they're telling me about the problems they're having with their computer. So many times people will tell me, I have to tell you, Scott, I'm computer illiterate. Now, I know in most cases that's an exaggeration because they obviously know something about the computer in order to be able to use it. But I think people say that so that I don't assume they're an expert or something and start talking in technical terms. I know that no one likes to be made feel like they don't know something that they should know. And that's one thing I'm always careful of. I never assume a higher level of expertise and I don't talk in the computer talk like some geeks do. But the truth is, there's always something new to learn about the computer. And most people would like to learn more about their computer and how to use it and some of the different things you can do with certain programs, that kind of thing. But what's the best way to learn that stuff? Should you get a book? Should you have a family member teach you? Should you take a class? Well, there are a few options, but I would say, first of all, that having a family member is not usually one of the plans that works out. And there are a variety of reasons for that. You can try it if you want, but the situations that I've seen where people have tried that, it just wasn't a good solution. So today I'm going to talk about five different ways you can learn how to do something on your computer. And each one of them has pros and cons, so I'll tell you all that too. Then you can decide which process would work best in your situation. And these aren't listed in any particular order, like best to worst or anything, because everybody's situation is different, so there really is no universal best or worst solution. First learning method is books. And we certainly don't have any shortage of computer books. If you have an actual walk-in bookstore near you, like a Barnes & Noble, take a stroll over to the computer section and you'll see tons of them there. Some of them are written for readers with a very advanced skill level, and some are just for absolute beginners. Now, there are some advantages to learning from a book. Obviously, they're very plentiful, and you can get your hands on one pretty quickly. Depending on what you want to learn, there's probably a very specific book written for exactly what you're looking for. And once you buy the book, you have it in your possession so you can always refer back to it if you need to. The disadvantage to learning from a book is that some books are just crappy. 
Not everyone that works on computers knows how to write in such a way that the reader can easily understand it. And in fact, not everyone that writes a book about a topic is necessarily even an authority on that topic. I mean, I could write a book about how to rewire the electrical lines in your house, but I can tell you, you definitely don't want to follow those instructions because I really don't know what I'm talking about. And you know the books I've never liked? The ones that are quote-unquote for dummies, like Microsoft Excel for dummies. I've had a few of those, and it seems like the writers are just trying way too hard to be friendly and funny, and it just didn't click with me at all. Obviously, it works for some people because those books sell very well. But, you know, even having those words in the title just makes me uncomfortable. I mean, can you imagine giving one of them to your friends as a gift? Hey, I know you're trying to lose some weight, and I wanted to help, so here's this book for you, Weight Loss for Dummies. Just something not right about that. Okay, the next learning method, website tutorials. Now, if you do a Google search, you'll find that there are tons of websites that will offer to teach you what you want to learn. Matter of fact, that's a big part of my website, since every Monday I post something instructional, like a computer tip or trick or something along those lines. Now, the big advantage of learning from a website is that there are lots of them out there, and most of them are completely free. And just like books, some are very specific about a particular topic. The biggest disadvantage is kind of similar to the downside of a book. The information may not be accurate. You know, it's actually easier these days to create a website than it is to self-publish a book. That's why there are millions of blogs and websites out there. It really it just costs nothing to create one. So it's a good idea, if possible, to check out the credentials of the website creator. And really, you should check out a book's author, too. And unlike a book, which you can purchase and own forever... A website is free, but it can be taken off the internet at any time and without any notice. All right, learning method number three is instructional videos. This is becoming very popular. I'd say that almost anything you want to learn about, you can find a video about it. And in fact, YouTube is now the second most popular search engine in the world, right behind Google, of course. So what are the advantages of learning by watching a video? Well, it's in the very nature of the video. It's very visual. Some people are just naturally visual learners. They could read a book about how to do something all day and still not quite get it, but then they could watch a video about it and suddenly that little light bulb turns on and they understand it. With a video, you can actually see someone doing what you want to learn to do, like you're kind of watching over their shoulder. Now, the disadvantage of video learning is that there's really no interaction. Yes, watching somebody do something is almost like you're there with them, but all of that communication is one way. Have you ever tried to contact someone from a YouTube video? It's just about impossible, unless they've deliberately included their contact information in the video or in that description under the video. So if anything in the video wasn't clear, you don't really have any option for following up and asking questions. And just like a website, a video can be removed at any time, so you don't really have it forever unless you download it from YouTube to your computer. And now we're at learning method number four, the classroom. Obviously, this is a very popular method, and it's been used for instructing people for hundreds or thousands of years. A teacher and a group of students, pretty common. One of the biggest advantages of the classroom environment is the more personal approach. I mean, the teacher's right there in front of you. And that's still true whether you're in a physical classroom with other students or in an online class. The instructor is available to answer questions. So the learning process can be a little more customized and you should be able to pick up on it more easily. 
The disadvantage of a classroom is that you are not the only student. So yes, you can ask the instructor a question, but if you're one of 200 students in a class, you might not get a very long, thought-out answer. And you know what? The reverse is also true. You could be grasping all the information fine, but there could be a few other students in the class that are just not getting it, and they're constantly asking questions, which keeps you from learning new material at a faster pace. That's the downside of teaching several people at once. Not everyone is on the same level. And finally, we have learning method number five, one-on-one tutoring. Just two people are involved with this, you and the instructor that you hire to teach you about something. Now, the advantage of this method is probably pretty obvious. You're the only student, so you have the undivided attention of the teacher. It's completely customized, so you can move ahead as quickly or as slowly as you want. And for me, this is my favorite way to teach. In fact, I have a strategy that I use that works very well. Let's say you're learning Excel, like, you know, the spreadsheet program, and you want to learn how to format a cell on an Excel spreadsheet. Well, we go through that process three times. The first time, I do it and you watch. The second time, I do the same thing, but very slowly so that you can watch and write down the steps involved. You create your own set of instructions. And then, the third time, we switch seats and you do it by following the instructions that you just wrote. That way you know that you'll be able to do that thing successfully after I leave just by following your own instructions. Now, the disadvantage for personal one-on-one instruction is that it tends to be somewhat more expensive. When you hire me for personal instruction, you're basically just paying me my hourly rate for as long as we work. Typically, I don't like to do tutoring sessions longer than two hours because the brain gets a little cloudy after that point. And that's just not the student's brain, but that applies to the instructor's brain as well. And one other thing about personal instruction, it doesn't have to be done in person. You and I could be on the phone, but we would both be looking at your screen, so I do a lot of instruction that way. Now, what we've talked about here today are certainly not the only ways to learn computer-related things, but they are some of the most popular methods. If you have thoughts on ways to learn about your computer, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at pctutor at gmail.com or give me a call on my podcast voicemail line. That's 727-386-9468. And you can always leave me a message because that line is never answered by a human. And that will do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. God bless.